You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of Shreddy Balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now, because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. I'm very excited today because we've got a special episode. We do. We do. And this, if you are at all, if you're an entrepreneur, or even if you're not, you're just interested in starting off a small pet business or even a large pet business, you're interested in marketing anything where you might have, I don't know, a career change, you want to work with animals, you've got to listen to this. And I'm very excited that we have Nicole Smith on the phone. I've known Nicole for a long time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she does a lot of our design stuff. A lot of the photographs that you see on our website Just is Nicole. Fabulous. So she's, she is a, um, you know, a commercial artist, pet photographer, and a designer. She um, has owned a retail store, star photojournalist, sold advertising for a dog magazine. Um, you know, she's she's done so many amazing designs for various different pet projects, and. Um, She's a really, really cool person. And she has this um, great website, which I want you to check out. It's called workingwithdog.com. If you go on that website, as you're listening to this, you'll be able to follow along um, and talk about ideas, talk about changing your life, Mm -hmm. or even just, even if you've got a pet business, making that a better business. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, this is, this is what you need to hear. So Nicole, welcome. Hi, Nicole. Victoria, really glad to be here. Yeah, you're very welcome. So you really are, you know, you're a pet industry and marketing expert. You're founder of Working with Dog. Could you tell us a little bit more about why you did this and um, and, and the information that you want to give across to people? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, I've worn a ton of hats in the pet industry, pet photographer, graphic designer, um, launched a brand called Dog is Good which is um, a little bit over 10 years now, which was actually a pet product manufacturing business. We made T-shirts and um, hats and gifts for dog lovers. Um, And then did a master's in marketing, um, have, as you mentioned, owned the retail shop, have worked for a dog magazine and worked on the PR side of things. So I've really had my hand in kind of (laughs) every side of, of the pet industry and um, working with dogs was sort of a culmination of all that experience and really wanting to be able to take all of those relationships, all of that knowledge, uh, the mix of all of that marketing stuff together and share it with entrepreneurs who need it most because, um, you know, that kind of experience when you hire a coach or a consultant can be really pricey and when you're just starting out, it's like the last thing you can afford is, um, you know, to hire someone to show you how it's done, but it's also the thing you need most. And so I created Working With Dog, which is a membership. It's a community. Um, it's full of basically content and advice and access to experts um, for much, much less than the price than if you sort of hired me one-on-one or, or someone like me to help you grow your business. Um, and it's a community as well. 
So we've got a great, great group of entrepreneurs who are really ambitious, really inspired, and they're sharing all their wins, sharing what's working, what's not working. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to be able to kind of take all of that and, and give it back and share it. Well, this is why this is why um, you know I I love working with you because you inspire me in many different ways, um, and because you know I I am an entrepreneur and I work with my husband. He's also an entrepreneur, and so we kind of understand when you're developing your business from literally nothing from scratch, and you're trying to develop a business, um, how challenging that can be, how exhausting that can be, but how good it can be when it does take off. So, um, I love that you have the ten reasons why working with dog is a savvy career choice. And I'd like to go through those reasons if, if, if that's okay, um, because I think that's just it's great information for everybody. Yeah, you bet. Let's do it. I, um, I put this together because so many people I meet, um, either in a corporate job or have just started a pet business, but they're so motivated by working with dogs, right? They want to just be with dogs all the time, and obviously that's <laughs> a really small part of owning a business. Um, but... In addition to this great benefit, there are so many other reasons to start a business working with dogs. So let's go through them. So the top 10, we're doing sort of a countdown from 71. The number 10 reason is there's so many options. Kind of no matter what your skills or your budget um, or your experiences, you can find a job in the pet industry that's really going to work for you, that you're going to love, and where you can really thrive. So, you know, you've got things like dog walking, which is how you started out, isn't it? Yep. Walking some dogs. Yep. <laughs> um, pet sitting, doggy daycare, they're kind of all in the same in the same pot there. You can do dog grooming or start a dog wash. You can, I have a friend in Seattle who started a dog waste pickup business that's huge. Um, <laughs> if you want to pick up dog poop, <laughs> um, you can um, start a dog art business. You could be a photographer or a portrait artist, which is obviously how I started out. Um, there's tons of work to be done in the dog wellness area, both um, holistically with, um, you know, sort of alternative medicines and things like tea touch and um, hydrotherapy. And then, you know, you can obviously become a vet. Um, you can make dog products, which seems to be a really popular avenue that people pick, um, collars and leads or um, innovative new ideas. Uh, you can open a dog shop, and that can be a physical location or an online business. Uh, you could get into dog nutrition. You could be a dog blogger or start a dog magazine. The list is really endless. So there's tons of ways there for anyone to find something that works for them. No wonder it's a multi-billion dollar business. Mm-hmm. There's so much, so much to do. Oh, my gosh. It is. The American pet industry especially is the biggest in the world. And we'll get into some of those stats later because it's really juicy. Um, so talk about, if you will, like number nine, which is interesting, that it's uh, easier to get into than you would think. Right. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, so our number nine is that most of these jobs have a really low barrier to entry. Um, what that means basically is that you can start off uh, start your dog business really quickly with not a lot of money, um, depending on which route you go. And there's really only five things that you need. You have to start out with a bookkeeper, an accountant, a lawyer, someone to show you the ropes so you don't get yourself into trouble. You probably need insurance. Pretty much any business that works with dogs, you really need to be covered, um, both for your own liability and um, to protect your clients. And 
in most of these jobs, you do need some sort of um, training or certification. Not all of them, but even if you're just a dog walker, it's a good idea to do a basic um, like canine CPR course, just in case anything were to go wrong, you'd be able to really um, uh, help, you know, um, solve any problems. And then you do, um, in most states, need a business license or some sort of regulatory sign-off. Um, in some places, to do grooming or to have dogs in cages, you need to have special permission, so you need to look into that. And then the fifth thing is a brand pack. Obviously, being in marketing, I, <laughs> I'm pro-brand, but this isn't as big as it sounds. Basically, you just, you just need to have a couple of things. You need to have a simple website, a couple social media accounts, a business card, you know, the bare, bare, bare minimum to be able to, for your clients to be able to find you and for you to be able to leave some sort of tangible evidence with them so they can give you a call. Right. Um, and yeah, it doesn't have to be as complex, does it? Um, I, you, know, you know, when I first started dog training, um, we really didn't have the, the I and mean, we had the internet, but um, not not none of the social media like we have today and so i would just take i took all my cards and my leaflets and everything and went around every single pet store i went around every single vet surgery i went around everywhere and plastered them with my cards and stuff um so you know at least you don't have to do that i mean you still probably have to do that but you don't have to do that as much you should yeah you should go around, but you don't yeah, have to yeah. do that as much because at least you've got now more social media as well but um now eight aging and overweight it's interesting you say approximately topic for you. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these overweight dogs. So 52% of dogs in the U.S. are obese. I mean, that's crazy. I know we love to humanize our dogs and feed them treats, but that's out of control. And 45% of dog owners have a dog seven or older. So you have a growing and aging population and an obese population of dogs, which it's very sad, but it also is an opportunity. This is a chance for you to jump in and help some of these dogs and dog owners. So some of the things I mentioned earlier, like hydrotherapy or alternative or holistic um, sort of wellness occupations, like physiotherapy, acupuncture, reiki, t-touch, nutrition, those are all really, really big trending um, areas that you could jump into where you can help some of these dogs who are overweight. Um, also slightly you know, kind of a little bit more off the wall, dog charities and dog shelters can help um, match um, people who need to get fit with dogs who need to get fit, um, you know, dog trainers or even um, like um, personal trainers, personal fitness trainers can create programs um, where human and, and hounds can get fit together, which is really lovely. Um, and then, you know, you've got products that can be sort of formulated, created to help these dogs as they age um, or to help them lose weight. So that's just one sort of um, opportunity that's out there to really help um, with this growing population. And, you know, Nicole, you mentioned that, um, you know, you could be a, a trainer for a dog. People haven't thought that before, but that goes right into number seven because, you know, the dog world has been around for a long time, but there's all kinds of ways to innovate now. Talk about that one. Yes. Innovation is everywhere in the pet industry, partially because it's such a growing industry, which I'm going to give you some stats for in a minute, um, and partially because we all love our dogs. A lot of Americans have dogs, and so we're trying to solve problems all the time. In fact, just about two weeks ago, this great invention called Whistle, which is sort of like the Fitbit for dogs, 
was acquired by Mars for $117 million. Like, <laughs> talk about wow. opportunity. Crazy. Um, and, you know, that was one entrepreneur who had an idea and just ran with it, and it was just acquired by Mars. Um, and there's lots of um, examples of this. You've got um, companies like Pet Chats now, which is allowing sort of making it easy for you to Skype with your pet when you're not there. Um, there's sort of a company called Dog Vacay that's like the Airbnb for pets. Um, so there's lots of ways where you see um, disruptive markets um, in sort of general entrepreneurship showing up in pets. And there's so much opportunity there to just jump in and go after that idea that you've got. Yeah, I love that. I, I mean, I love that. Lucky lucky people who are lucky with Whistle. I know we're going to do some work with them. Um, I always think, so, why can't I come up with yeah, something? Yeah, right, like, exactly. Uh, I'm not done. Um, so this brings us on to the next one. And I love what you say about this petpreneurship. Mm-hmm. is on the rise, and uh, so that communities that support petpreneurs. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so petpreneurs is a word that I've just started, started using because it's so much easier than pet entrepreneurs. But this is obviously trending as the pet industry grows, pet businesses become more and more popular. And so there's now a lot more associations um, and organizations supporting those um, petpreneurs, there's organizations like mine supporting marketing, there's, a comp- there's an organization called Women in the Pet Industry, there's now the Pet Industry Sustainability Coalition, which companies like Planet Dog are part of to reduce the carbon paw print, so to speak. So there's a lot more support than ever for petpreneurs. And also there's the, um, I saw that you've got a, a list um, there and you've got um, um, associations that you can become part of. Victoria Still yeah, Positively dog. dog Trainers, of course, the VSPDTs. Obviously. Yes, for dog training. So if you want to check that out, you can. Uh, go to positively.com to find out more about this. Okay, so number five. And I love number five because, you know, we are a mobile society now, so take advantage of it, right? So the other trend that's happening, number five, digital is on the rise. Um, you can be mobile, you can sell online. So obviously, with the rise in e-commerce, companies like Amazon making it every day commonplace that we order online, um, that extends into the pet industry and well, <clears throat> as well. So as um, Holly mentioned, the pet industry is huge. It uh, last year was $60.59 billion. That's one wow. year in the American pet industry. Mm. Crazy. And that's serving 79.7 million pet-owning households. Mm. Mental. Insane. And as our desire for shopping online grows throughout our life, it affects pet as well. And it's not just the ability to shop online, but you also have, like, groomers who are now going mobile. So they're taking their business, putting it in a van, and coming to your house. So it's this real push for convenience as well. Mm, that's right. I think a lot of pet owners want convenience. I find that when I'm doing training, you know, so everybody wants a quick fix. They want it to be done like they see on TV. It's just it's just takes half well, an hour, doesn't it? But also, but a lot of times, though, you have you have situations where, you know, your dog doesn't want to go to the vet or they don't want to go get washed and right. it's hard and it's easier if someone comes to your house. It's so so much more stress-free. So, um, okay, so now, number four, franchising. Right, so this is great for people who don't really want to start out on their own. They don't want to start from scratch. They want to buy into a, tr- a proven testing model. Um, franchises can often be really expensive, $100,000 to $200,000, but there's a couple of really great franchises for less than 40000 So one of the new ones that I've just heard about is City Dog Magazine. This is a magazine, actually, that I've worked with in the past, but she just now started 
offering um, like a, a trademark sort of licensing so you could start your own city dog magazine in your city. And contrary to what you might think, print isn't dead. Um, local, high-quality lifestyle magazines like this are still doing really, really well. Um, so that's an opportunity if that's your bag. You can also start franchises like Zoom Room or Dogtopia businesses and fetch pet care businesses that work with um, dog training or um, doggy daycares especially are popular and all of those franchises you can get for less than $40,000. And you can also, if you're a dog trainer, you know, you guys offer the VSPDT program, don't you? So people can work with you to help get established. Absolutely. Yes. And number three is totally me. Number, number three is Holly. And, um, and you know what? <laughs> I love this. Over 16 million dog owners report that they're more attached to their dogs than to their best friend. And get this, 5.4 million are as attached to their dog as to their spouse. Can we have a number of those that are maybe more attached to their dogs than to their spouse? I thought that's what I was going to say, more attached to their dog than their friend. No, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I like dogs better than people, especially. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, they rely on their dogs more than they do their partners or their best friends or anybody else. Absolutely. So, you know, I mentioned earlier people humanizing their pets more and more. But it's more than that, isn't it? It's this idea, I call it... Um, pack theory, the new pack theory, which is pets as kids revolution. And you start to see it in emerging economies where dogs become more and more like children. (laughs) And that happens with the the emergence of sort of more and more young couples having pets. It's kind of a cultural change. But also as disposable income rises, there's more and more room for premium products and services for people who do treat their dogs like children um, (laughs) in food, in doggy daycare, all kinds of things. And yeah, another one of the statistics that I think is great is that an estimated 1 million dogs in the United States have been named as a primary beneficiary in their owner's will. So if that's not pet parenthood, I don't know what it is. Yeah, that, that to well, me, Well, there's, that, a, there's wow. a reason for that because you want to make sure that your animal's taken care of, of when course. you're long gone. But of course. And I tell you, when I went to my reunion for my, my high school reunion, everyone's showing pictures of their kids. I'm like, oh, yeah, look at mine. And they looked at me like I was crazy. But I'm like, I have fur kids. I'm sorry. Yours. Yeah, I can right. leave mine home for hours at a time, and I won't get arrested. But anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's awesome. See, that's why I love Holly. <laughs> she's, she's just right out there. All right. So at number two, the, the pet industry is recession proof. It really is. It really is. This is the number two reason because um, there are very, very few industries you can say are recession proof. You know, that mm-hmm. gets thrown around a lot, but it's, it's really serious. An astounding 92% of pet owners spend the same or more in their pet, on their pets during the most recent recession period. And when almost all of America's economy went down from 2008 to 2010, pet spending was up by 11.9%. That's crazy. That is crazy. It's a really safe place to bet when you're thinking about starting a business, that Mm. this this industry is going to continue to grow. Mm. And the number one is work with dog. Yay! Yeah, what's better? <laughs> You've got to take your dog to work with you, get to hang out with other people's dogs, and I think we can all agree that people who love dogs are way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> to hang out with. yeah, you know, I always I have this problem. Is this bad, Holly? That I have this problem that um, 
if somebody says, oh, I'm not really a dog lover, I'm like, oh, what's wrong with you? That's what oh, I said. Is I, that bad? I broke up with the guy once because he didn't like dogs, and I started dating him. I really liked him, but I was like, there's something not right if you don't like dogs. So, yeah. boom, he was gone. If you don't, or if you don't, know, I don't really like Well, then, oh, I don't really like you. Um, I'm sure you're a very nice person, but there's, yeah. I, I think us animal people, this, we, we kind of get it. We stick together, yeah. don't we? Yeah. We just, we yeah, okay. Um, so, um, Nicole, if people want to learn more, where do they go? Right, so... The site is workingwithdog.com. If you want to read this article, it's 10-reasons-2-2-work-with-dog. So you can just look up 10 reasons to work with dog. It's on the site. Great. Um, we're also on Instagram at Working With Dog and Twitter. Perfect. Well, Nicole, thank you so Thanks, much. Nicole. Hey, thank you for just always being a support to us as well here at Positively, and thank you for your wonderful design ideas. And I do hope you know that uh, that Pete, that if you've been listening today, that you've got some great ideas. And and I would just sort of add my two cents to it. Don't be frightened of doing it. Remember, it's me or the dog came out of an idea that I had watching a TV show um, called The Super Nanny, and immediately mm. thinking, well, that's I do that with dogs. Why can't that be a show? And it was right place with the right idea at the right time. And you know that doesn't mean to say it can't happen to you it can happen to anybody you get that right idea and and then look look where we are 10 down 10 years down the line with and now you're, different TV now shows. Now you're sitting around with me. That worked now out I'm well. Now I'm sitting here with Holly and I'm sitting here with Alex and I'm just hanging with, with my best girlfriends. Uh, you know, I mean, really, what in the end, what could be better? And um, thank you so much, Nicole, for taking the time to speak to us. You're so welcome. Thanks, Vic. Hey, you got something on your mind? What are you, a wizard, a genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they... They physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what What the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't dog. know my dog. Just ask Victoria. Ask Victoria is sponsored by our good friends at Zooks. For over 20 years, Zooks has been making healthy, natural dog treats that energize and entice your dogs. And they continue to innovate with a new line of nutritious food launched this year. Now, all of Zooks treats and food choices are, thankfully, free of harsh additives, preservatives, and common allergens like wheat, corn, and soy. And I think the reason why my dogs love them so much is because they're made with the best, wholesome, nutrient-rich ingredients that nature has to offer. Zooks provides dogs the fuel they need to enjoy adventures and embrace training time. If you want to learn more, go to zooks.com. Okay, it's time for us to pick your brain and make us all a little smarter with our dogs uh, with Ask Victoria. So let's start right away with Courtney in New York. And Courtney, hello, Courtney. Uh, she says, I've so enjoyed listening to your and Holly's podcast on my daily commute and walks with my dog. Thanks for providing such helpful resources. That's really a smart idea while you're walking your dog listening. Like, that's great. I used to listen while I was walking my dog and then I got kind of bored of us. What, you, you... No, because we do it. You know, oh, we, yeah, we talk yeah. all the time. So I never I mean, listened I to... to them. Maybe I should. No, I did. I started off when we first started doing them. I used to listen to them. Oh, I, I think did. I've listened to a couple, but all right. I just always go, why did I say that? Why did yeah, I do no, that? Yeah, no, I know. I know. I do too. 
I do too. After my husband and I adopted our puppy in May 2015, I drank in as much positive training information I could from sources like Ian Dunbar and Zach George. Great. Love them both. Now that our puppy is a year old, there's only one issue I haven't found help to address. Dun, 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 that's why you're here. How to teach a dog to take food and treats nicely. Mm-hmm. This is actually really common. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the fact that she's even concerned about that. Most dogs, you know, most dog owners are like, whatever, just, you know. Our dog, Indiana, does have great bite inhibition, but when she's excited and takes food hastily, and although doesn't do damage, it does hurt a bit. This has been most evident on our walks. I started hand-feeding Indy on our walks with the goal of helping her focus attention on me more readily. I need to come learn from her. And classically conditioning her to to be less stressed around loud noises. She takes the food most harshly when she's nervous, like getting close to a busy street. But she still does it when she's excited, even if she's just excited to train in our apartment. So how can I teach her to take food gently? That's a great question. Yeah. I think, first of all, you have to start with lower value food because that's a mistake people make is they're using the really tasty stuff. So the dog is so motivated to go get that food. Mm -hmm. They can't wait for it. So you start with lower value. Like green beans? Well, I don't know. Whatever the dog finds. I mean, you could could have a dog biscuit that one dog thinks is the best thing ever and another dog goes, eh. Right. You know, so yeah, what is your dog? I mean, find out what your dog loves and then what your dog goes, ah, it's okay. I mean, I like that. So mm-hmm. normally it's a dry dog biscuit, okay? That's kind of lower value food. So I, I would start with that. my fat cashmere. She loves them. Sorry. Yeah, does she? Okay. <laughs> well, and that's what I do. And I have this thing where I hold it in my, um, in my fingers like that. And if, if you can't, if, if you can't, uh, you know, you're not watching what I'm doing right now because we are recording these Ask Victorias. But um, I sort of hold them between my thumb and my fingers, the treat, and uh, hold it towards the dog's nose. And um, I tell them, gentle, gentle. Now, um, if the dog goes for my hand, what I'll do is I'll kind of turn my hand over and take my hand away. Mm. So, for example, so I'll sort of rotate my hand like that and take mm-hmm. it away. Okay, because that action um, protects it, it protects my hands, makes it hard for the dog to engage. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so if they snap at it, boom, my hand goes like that. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and then and then I put it to their nose again, and then I say gentle, and it's way my voice is. Okay, um, it is really important. You got to gentle, <laughs> but you go gentle, and that seems to really make them go. Oh, okay. And and then they then they're a little bit less mouthy, hmm. and then when they are good, they get the treat, and they 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 learn what gentle means. They learn that if they snap too much, then the food goes away, and then they learn that they get the food if they're gentle. It works. I mean, it, it look some dogs it can take five minutes to mm-hmm. teach them. Some dogs need a little bit more reinforcement, but it's pretty fast. And um, you start off with the really low-value biscuits, and then when the dog's really good with the low-value biscuits and knows what gentle and everything else means, then you move up to a high-value stuff. Gradually increase it. Maybe you're going to use some beef jerky, or now or maybe then you're going to use some chicken or some cheese or whatever the dog, and then you go for the steak, whatever it is that the dog loves most. But there's always got to be a gentle mouth. That's how I do it. It's kind of – it's relatively easy actually oh good it's good i just have to tell you a funny side note caveat my dog barnsley who resource guards so he sounds like a night i mean he's scary when he's around his food yeah he is scary he is scary he makes me jump oh yeah when he suddenly goes yeah but you know and we're so desensitized to it so but when you give him a treat he will not take it out of your hand he will open his mouth like 
I mean, like, almost like an orca, and you place it in his mouth, and then he closes it and goes away. He's the most gentle when it comes to it. I mean, it's funny because, you know, some of our friends say, can I give him a treat? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so she's like, take it, take it. I'm like, no, you got to put it in there. I say, see, his mouth is open. He just wants you to drop it in, which is crazy. Okay. Um, let's do, uh, let's see. Hello, Victoria. This is from Elizabeth in Florida. Um, would it be harmful to my four-month-old puppy if I traveled abroad for five weeks in July when she'll be eight months old? I booked the trip to attend my great-niece's baptism in Brazil before she came into my life. Now I'm worried about leaving her so soon for so long. She's been with me for only a week. She's an Italian greyhound, and they have sensitive feelings. Thank you for your advice. First of all, Kudos to Elizabeth for understanding that dogs are sensitive and emotions and Wonderful. might be affected. We love you. So I guess um, she's going in July. So the the dog will be eight months old. Yeah. So I don't think it's a problem at all. How, how long is she going for? For, uh, for five weeks. Nah, you know, you'll be fine. You'll be absolutely fine. Make sure she'll that be more upset than the dog. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll you'll get more separation anxiety than your dog. And you know, the amount of owners or the amount of people that I've had that um, that I've have taught that. Are, they, they suffer so much separation anxiety away from their dogs. Mm-hmm. And their dogs are fine. And we've had a lot of them on me. It's me yeah. and the dog, too. Um, but, yes, don't worry. You'll, you'll find you'll reconnect when you get back. I mean, your dog might, your dog will remember you. Yeah. Don't worry. Your dog will remember you. They have mm-hmm. great memories, so they will remember you. And because you've had that, that oxytocin, that biochemical reaction. And they do have um, some time to whilst bond. Whilst you're interacting, mm-hmm. you've got that bonding time. That never leaves you. That never leaves you. So it might take a while again to kind of reconnect, but I think it's going to, you know, some okay, dogs yeah. it'd be like, okay, who are you? Oh, I remember you. I love you. And other dogs might go, hmm, yeah. go back. Good. <laughs> Either way, don't worry about it. Don't awesome. worry. You've got plenty of time to bond before you leave and go and have fun. And congratulations. Okay? Yeah, congratulations. have a great time. Okay, I think we have time for one more. Let's do one more. Um, this is Lori in Virginia, and she says, we're bringing home two, okay, Cotan du Toulouse. Oh, yeah. How do you mm-hmm. say it? You say it better. Coton de Toulier. Okay. Those. I think. Two of those puppies. I don't think I even, I'm sorry if you got one and I really mispronounced it. I did take French when I was younger. So. Oh, did you? I did not. And I, I cannot yeah. do accents. Um, uh, next Thursday. So I uh, have done much preparation. Would like tips on the proper way to approach the routine of two puppies. Need to know the do's and don'ts so I can educate myself and the family before arrival. I work 18 hours a week, so I want to develop a routine while I'm off the first 23 days after they arrive. I love that Lori's Gosh. taking time off. Great, Lori. Want wow. to make this time count. I want to train my family members and myself as best I can. She totally gets it. Love it. One is a boy. One is a girl. Different litters. Both separated by four days only. They're different sires. So basically, where would you where would you guide her to get the best stuff you want to so see it that's so it yeah let yeah, me yeah. just let me so just she's getting two puppies and she wants to train not only the dogs but her and her she wants to train herself and her family so where where should she go what books should she get what websites okay. and all well, that first of all i love the fact that she's got because as soon as she said i'm getting two puppies and blah 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 they're both couton into oh I, I thought oh my god are they siblings are these brother or sister or two brothers or worse two sisters because mm. you know some of the most intense interdog aggression is with two females oh yes it is so um but now she says no one is a boy one is a girl different litters but the same age but they are the same age great they're different sizes she said no different sires oh sires (laughs) how about that 14 year old do i need to pound on the table to get you to read well no it's my no it's my 40 something eyes i I was just trying vibrations (laughs) I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um, okay, two different sizes. Well, they I might be two different sizes too. I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. 
Uh, anyway, well, male and female, they will, they, they certainly will. The male will be bigger, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So there's so many great um, places you can go, resources you can go. Obviously, go to my website positively.com. There's a whole, I mean, yeah. literally hundreds and hundreds of praise pages of good resources um my book which is train your dog positively is um also an uh, a great it's like a bible you just go back to it yeah you're talking it takes a lot about house training and socialization and what you should do what you shouldn't do i think it's going to be a great resource for you and Um, all the family can read it you guys can read it together it could be your bedtime stories google dr ian dunbar great books on puppies serious puppy training great books um and he's really kind of the godfather of uh, the positive training movement and um so so get uh, any books from him uh, also um i know there was a a great book by the late uh, dr sophia yin she did with uh, about puppies as well raising puppies is just a brilliant brilliant resource and um that's that's what I would do. And also, if you go YouTube channel, my YouTube.com forward slash Victoria Stillwell, one L in the middle of Stillwell, you'll be able to see a lot of my YouTube videos where we tackle all kinds of puppy issues from house training to um, to mouthing to getting your dog to share resources to all kinds of things. But uh, and uh, what number one thing you're going to have to do is that uh, with the coutons, they have very long coats. Oh, if you so let cute. them, I just pulled it up because I didn't know what and they, they looked require like. a lot. Yes, they do. So they require a lot of grooming. So good luck with that. But that's you know, sometimes I find I do brush my cat because he's old and he gets knotted. And that's my meditation almost. Mm. And it's our bonding time. He purrs and it's just sort of that. So you can make it it bond. Oh, yeah. And the Mm. dogs probably would love it too. Actually, if somebody would brush me once in a while, I would probably be happy. I know. (laughs) All right. On that note, I think we should end it because that's what I'm talking about. Why I don't listen to these podcasts because I go way too far. Oh, it's lovely. We could go further, but we're just not because this is about dogs and not about our relationships. Well, you know. See you next time. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. This season of the Positively Podcast is brought to you by Adaptil. Best behavior starts with Adaptil. Go to Adaptil.com to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.